Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm a transformational leader and an instigator of joy. I use human design, coaching, and intuition to help light leaders remember who they are and why they're here so they can amplify their impact and send ripples of light across the planet, all with a whole lot of ease. I believe that the universe wants us to be sparkly AF and that joy is our natural state. And I am so glad you're here today. Thank you so much for listening. Guess what? Okay. I have something really exciting to share with you. It's totally random. And it's something I haven't talked about on the podcast yet because, all right, let me back up. I wrote an email about this earlier this week. I'm a manifesting generator and manifesting generators are multi-passionate individuals. If you are an MG too, own your multi-passionateness. So years ago, when I was working with a business coach, they told me, Kelsey, you have to choose between being a triathlete and being an entrepreneur. You have to choose between teaching core classes or being a transformational coach. In fact, you should hide your muscles in the pictures that you post on social media, because if people see that you're an athlete, they'll get confused and they will doubt your legitimacy as a human design reader, as a transformational coach, even doubt your intuition. And actually they didn't say as a human design reader, because I wasn't familiar with human design at the time. Then when I learned human design, I was like, oh, I'm a manifesting generator and manifesting generators are multi-passionate and we get to share all of those passions with the world. So I used to, years ago, I fell into teaching group fitness and I taught at one point I was teaching nine core classes a week. I taught at fitness centers, yoga studios. I taught triathlon teams, swim teams, run clubs. I loved it. And then I moved on from that chapter in my life. And last year during the pandemic, I decided to start teaching some virtual classes again. It was so much fun and still it required me to be at a certain place at a certain time, which isn't always my favorite thing. So I got an idea. I have created on-demand core classes. Actually, I only have one ready so far. The others are coming. Our house is being painted and it's amazing, but it's preventing me from recording more core classes. But you can go get this new core class. It's called Plank You Very Much. And I know that name is so cheesy and I love it for that reason. It's 28 minutes of core, which is a lot of me going through the warm up exercises. So don't be intimidated. Plus, you can pause, you can skip an exercise if you don't like it. This is totally in your control. So it's core exercises and then a guided gratitude meditation. I hope you love it. I love it. Anyway, you can get it on my website. I will drop the link in the show notes. All right. So let's talk about this week's episode. It's with Leah Party, who is a breathwork guru officially Leah is a mindfulness and manifestation mentor, a breathwork facilitator and host of the bare naked soul podcast. Her mission is to help women overcome overthinking, align with their soul and manifest a life of freedom. She's also a lover of yoga travel and promoting realness over on the gram. So this conversation was so fun. And I had the honor of participating in a breathwork session with Leah yesterday. It was breathwork for manifestation. And it was, 
It was good. <laughs> it was so relaxing. It's, you know, it, her technique just helps you get in the zone. So you just get in the zone. I know it sounds ridiculous getting in the zone with breathing, but if you are an athlete or an artist or, you know, I think all humans know what it's like to be in flow flow, by the way, is a psychological term or a psychology term. Anyway, when we are in flow, we are doing something that challenges us enough that it's like, we don't think we can do it, but it doesn't challenge us too much that we're just like, screw it. I'm out of here. So it's something that keeps us from being bored and keeps us very much in it. If you've ever gone trail running, you know, you have to be super present knowing exactly what's under your feet, right? You know, exactly where the roots are. And that's, that brings us into flow. So Leah's breathwork technique, I felt like it's just very flow inducing. And then she led us into a guided meditation, which was just, it just felt like, like cleansing the soul. It was beautiful. So I highly recommend it. All of Leah's links will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you remember that you are amazing, that you are a miracle, that if you're a manifesting generator, you can do all the things. You can teach the core classes and host a podcast and offer transformational coaching to one-on-one clients and do human design readings. You can do it all. And you can do it with so much joy. That's why we're here. That's why our souls chose to be manifesting generators to show that there is not one way to do things and that everything is possible. Everything anyone, everyone else thinks is impossible is actually possible. And we can do it with so much joy. I love you. Go forth and be awesome. Leah, I'm so excited to do this. Thank you so much for being here. Yay. So pumped. Okay. So breath work, breath work. I want to know all the things, but before we get into all the things, can you just share your story, please? Like, how did you get into breath work? How did you get to be where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like when I introduce like what I do to people, they're like, no, like no one has heard of breath work, but I feel like people who are listening to this podcast will be a little more in the know. Um, so a couple years ago, three, four years ago, I was like a total grade A hustler. I was hustling for my worth. I was putting in 12 hour days just because I thought I needed to. I was going four years without using a sick day, even though I was sick. Um, at times, right? I was doing the thing where I was on total autopilot with my life. I had stress and anxiety. um, And I just, yeah, I was just working my life away for some arbitrary future goal of being a vice president of a company and making all this money. And that's what I thought I had to do if I wanted to live a happy and successful life. And um, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a vice president of a company, but I was going about it where I was essentially selling my soul and giving up all of my own freedom in order to achieve this goal. So 
I had no idea any of this was happening, of course, um, until one day, you know, so I, so I was working in sales and sa the sales world luckily introduced me to a lot of mindset books and personal development workshops. And I was learning about the inner workings of the mind, psychology, and then I stumbled upon the book, The Secret, which is so many people's gateway drug, right? So I read The Secret and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And then I just dove into kind of like the spiritual world, the law of attraction, all that stuff. Pretty quickly then I um, started my blog. I started a blog for fun and I started meditating. So I started meditating. I was like, I'm gonna probably do it for like a month. I'm gonna meditate like for three minutes a day, just for a month and it turned into every day for the rest of my life. Although of course there's days I don't meditate, but I'm, I absolutely love it. It's changed my entire life. That was kind of my first, that and journaling were like my first things that I really committed to. So yeah, I was diving in, um, discovered the world of coaching, became a life coach a couple years back. Um, you know, I've done some pivots in the, in the meantime, things have kind of evolved naturally into what it is now. And I've, I've known about breathwork for a long time. I, you know, did breathwork classes that people offered a couple years ago and I would dabble and I, I knew the power, like I felt the power behind it, but I think that almost scared me away from it a little bit. I feel like I had a lot of resistance to it. Um, I would tell myself I was gonna do breathwork more often than I just wouldn't. So anyways, I became a breathwork facilitator myself and um, that was awesome because for one, you know, the biggest, so I've been teaching meditation to my students and clients for like two and a half years, let's say. And one of the biggest things that I hear from people in my audience is like, Leah, I can't, you don't understand. I can't meditate. I can't. And I'm like, I get it. Like sitting still seems crazy to us in the modern world. We don't do that. So discovering, like when I became a breathwork facilitator, I came to realize, oh, this is actually the precursor to meditation. This is what people should be doing first because it, it's really easier. It's, it's much easier for me to guide you or someone to guide you to breathe a certain way and to do a breathing sequence than it is to to tell you just to sit quietly with your thoughts and just not thinking, you know, and, and just be still. So yeah, so now um, I facilitate breathwork online and at my retreats, and I just feel it's such a powerful tool for sliding into a meditation much easier. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much my story to this point. Okay, I wanna back up because I'm just curious, you started out in sales. What lit you up about sales? How did you end up doing that? You know, to be honest, so after college, I was kind of um, just looking for my next job. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I had worked in a hospital and sales people would come in and they were, you know, it seemed fun, I guess. It seemed like I, I love communication. I love talking to people. Um, I guess I like the idea of like going around and meeting people. But to be really honest, I love the idea of the challenge. I love the idea of working towards goals in a competitive way. And I, I really don't know if I feel that some competition is healthy in our culture, but I think a lot of us are just taught like for you to feel good, you beat to beat someone else. Someone else has to lose for you to, to feel good. And I was so competitive with everything in my life. I mean, competitive with like, you know, going out and trying to look hot and go competitive with everything that I did. But 
with my career, like that was huge. So I wanted to have a career where I was constantly measured against other people and could win awards and make extra money and do all of that. So um, yeah, I did that for a couple of years. I worked up into management. I was a sales manager and trainer and yeah. Oh, so are you still, are you super competitive in your current career? I would say no, um, I because I really have leaned away from measuring myself against others. I'm competitive with myself, I mean, somewhat. Like I do have goals. I love to work towards things. I love to see, you know, my own podcast growing and things like that. But I would say in terms of um, feeling a need to compete against others, that has greatly dissolved. But now I just want to, you know, I want to move forward with others. I want to do things that help me rise and like others rise. I want to collaborate with people and network. And to me, that just, that feels really good. Did you know that the original definition of competition is to strive together? Oh, (laughs) so it's really about, and this is, it's, this is funny and fun. It's one of my favorite things to talk about is competition because People think because I'm an athlete that I'm super competitive and I am when I'm racing, I'm trying to go as fast as possible. When I'm doing a workout, I am trying to like hit my numbers and all of that. And I'm not competitive in traditional ways in any other part of my life. But what I love the most is, you know, racing side by side with someone and they pass you and you work your butt off to go up and catch up to them. And then you pass them and then they work their butt off to catch up to you. And the two of you end up crossing the finish line, having the races of your lives because you pushed each other. And that doesn't just have to happen in a race environment. Mm -hmm. That is, and there's a channel in human design. I call it my play channel. Sometimes I call it my triathlon channel and it is, it's called like the competition channel, but it's all about striving together. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And you know, something that we were supposed to, there was a a question we were supposed to ask people in interviews for sales. And it was what, what motivates you more the, the thrill of winning or the fear of losing. And it was never explained to me why we asked this question, but people were, you know, we wanted them to say they wanted to win, not that they were afraid of losing. And only recently I found out that with perfectionists, Perfectionists tend to be um, high performers, but um, other high performers who aren't perfectionists want to strive for success. But perfectionists are so driven by the fear of failure, the fear of being seen as a failure specifically. And I really struggle with perfectionism. I didn't know it until, you know, not that long ago. I didn't have a name for it, but that was me. I was driven by being afraid to lose, being so paralyzed by failure and yeah, that that's really like to me, the unhealthy side of it is that right, because I wasn't driven to even try to win. I was driven just to like other people had to see me not fail. Yeah. So what changed in your life and body and relationships when you moved out of that competitive sales environment? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. Sales can be good. This particular company was was very toxic like sales companies can be totally positive i'm sure for me though um moving away from that and even when i was there that was kind of you know i was building my business so i was moving away in my own mind 
I mean, everything, everything feels just more like calm now. Like I just feel like I've gotten so in touch with my soul and I've gotten just so much more loving, so much more like, I guess I, I, so there's this thing called the enlightenment circuit and meditation lights up that part of the brain and like modern neuroscience, the, the latest research in neuroscience suggests that that enlightenment circuit is the best way to become happier is doing activities that light that up, which one would be meditation. So that feeling that it gives you is, is oneness. So that enlightenment circuit leads to a feeling of oneness, of connectedness with other humans. So I think that is what has changed for me so much. Whereas when I was competitive sales hustler, Leah, who never took a sick day, I didn't feel any oneness. The opposite of oneness is what I felt, right? So I had to show off and I had to try to win approval and seek validation. And yeah, I think that's like the biggest thing that has changed. Mm. You're, this is related, but not related. I had a moment with a bunny the other day. Um, <laughs> no one can see you. So let me just say, Leah's eyes just got really wide. <laughs> like, where is this going? <laughs> so I go, I have a, my part of my morning practice is I go outside and I greet the day with my toes in the grass. And there was a bunny out there and the bunny like didn't move. It was like four feet from me. So I said, good morning to the bunny. And then one of the things I do is I, you know, I connect with the divine and ask for guidance. And this time, you know, the divine was the bunny. And so I had, I held eye contact with the bunny as I said, you are me and I am you. We are one. All is well. All is love. Love is all. And then when I finished that, the bunny spun around and showed me his cute little butt. And just still stayed there. But he was like, look at my butt. And I was like, you do have a cute butt. And then I went inside to meditate and do the rest of my morning routine. Oh, my God. I literally have like tears in my eyes. That is so beautiful. And that's kind of what I feel, too. Like that is oneness, feeling that connection to everything around you. And, and you know, thinking about myself five years ago, it never would have crossed my mind to even consider that a bunny, to even gaze at a bunny or gaze at a tree would have been, I couldn't even like hold stillness for that second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, thanks. <laughs> so that stillness, and I love that you personally discovered meditation first and then breath work came in and you were like, oh, it would help other people to do this backwards. Well, mm -hmm. not backwards, but reverse order. And I have heard a lot of people say that breathwork helps you get present. And to that, I've been like, mm, that's what I do meditation for. So I want to know just like all the things about breathwork. What was it like the first time you did it? Why do you do it? Why is the breath important? Just go. Yeah. So the first time I did it, hmm, I'm trying to even remember, I think I went to a class I don't really remember exactly what happened, but I remember feeling that it was profound. I remember really liking it. And why I do it and why I chose this path, to me, meditation is, it's almost like meditation is the goal of breathwork. Meditation is like that stillness, that connectedness, that getting in touch with your soul, that receiving guidance, all of that. Breathwork, um, to me, and why I think it comes before meditation, 
is kind of it just like doing a deep cleanse of your system. So the breath work being the, the strong and fast active breathing that I typically teach, um, it's a little bit rigorous and it's like a deep cleanse. And you're essentially, you're purging toxins from the body through all of that oxygen leaving at a faster rate. You're bringing in fresh oxygen, increasing, you know, the amount of oxygen in your cells. So there's a lot of like health benefits, immune system, all of that. Um, but then it's also cleansing your emotional system. So it is pulling things out of you, energies that are stuck within you that are, um, emotions that become stuck in the body that we essentially we uh suppress right we're a society that suppresses we we teach children to suppress their emotions not that we mean to but that's what we do and then we teach teenagers and then we teach adults and it's unacceptable to share and feel your emotions so they're stuck inside of your body so breath work really pulls them out and it's interesting because sometimes i'll experience like childhood memories that'll come up um just real quick for me it's just like glimpses and things like that um sometimes you'll cry sometimes you'll feel anger and it's you're you're purging emotions you're cleansing them from your body and then um breathwork also it, it shuts off the default mode network of the brain which is that like overthinking monkey mind that makes it so hard to meditate so that's why i always would say do it in that order because you you cleanse and then you're shutting down the overthinking and then um all of my breathwork sessions always go into a meditation so that's like really the focus is to get you into a deeper meditation where you've done your cleansing and now you're focused there and um yeah i just always hear like for from people who don't meditate much especially it's like so much easier to go into a meditation after breath work so yeah um that's pretty much, yeah, that's, that's the juice on it. Okay. So is this, you said you do like rapid breathing. Is it like holotropic breathing? Is it, or Tumo breathing or Wim Hof breathing? Or how would you, so the term breath work. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's like coaching. It can mean so many different things. And when I first became a certified professional coach, because I'm an athlete and I always coach triathletes and swimmers. If I just said I'm a coach, people were like, Oh, what sport do you coach? And at the time I was actually still coaching those sports. So I'd be like, well, triathlon, but that's not what I'm talking about. And mm -hmm. so I find that the term coach super broad, the term breath work, goodness gracious. It seems to encompass everything from box breathing, alternate nostril breathing, um, seagull breaths is one of my favorite that like no one's ever heard of, but it always makes me yawn. Do you, have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. So it's, it's like you start with your fingers interlaced underneath your chin, elbows squeezed together, inhale through your nose, and then you tilt your head back and, oh wait. So as you inhale, you let your elbows go up. So your elbows are all the way up and then your head is back and you exhale through your mouth, basically looking at the ceiling and then come back to the start. Interesting. It always makes me yawn. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so there's all of that. Then there's like Tumo, Wim Hof, Holotropic. That, like there are a million different ways to do breath work. So can you tell us more about the style that you lead people in? Yeah, so 
yeah, there's so many different kinds and I do encompass different kinds, but most of it's like the circular breathing, which is similar to Wim Hof. Um, although the, the term Wim Hof, it just refers to something that's been around for thousands of years, right? It's not like it's something new, but that's commonly what it's known as. Um, so it's not close. So holotropic is essentially circular breathing as well, but it, it's a long period of time. It's really intense. It can, it can be very, um, it can be too much for a lot of people. It's not healthy for a lot of people. And that's not always educated. Like if you have certain, um, you know, if you have high blood pressure and, and certain, uh, pre-existing conditions, it wouldn't be the healthiest form. And it can be really like, it can bring up like some crazy stuff for people. So what I teach primarily is circular breathing, but we don't do it for super long periods of time. And the idea with that is you're essentially kind of peeling back layers. You're pulling things out of you, but it's not, it doesn't have to be this hour long crazy thing. So my session is like 20, 30 minutes. And like, this is what I do for myself too. Um, every, every day or maybe five days a week, I do like a 20, 30 minute breath work with the meditation in that time frame as well. So the breathe, the active breathing's five minutes, right? It's like nothing like, I just feel like a lot of, there's just so many different kinds, like you said, but I think um, there is the kind where you're more like lying down for an hour doing circular breathing, which leads like almost into like the holotropic. And that's very intense. That's it's, it can be really, really powerful and transformative. Um, but I prefer to lead that more so in person. So yeah, what I do typically for myself is just more like the circular breathing patterns, um, with mixing in some slower patterns as well. And then, yeah, and then sliding into meditation after that. So what results have you experienced personally and with people you work with? How does it help people? I mean, you've mentioned that it helps us like free the emotions, release them from our bodies. What else? Like, do you have any brilliant stories about completely transformational breathwork sessions? I would say like in one session, it's not going to be like, the idea is not to be like changing your whole life, right? Because to me, I, like what I really want to encourage is people to build this into their routine, do this a couple times a week, at least like once a week as like a cleansing and a resetting of your emotional state. So it's not something where people are going to come to a class and like their whole life is changed. Um, although that, that could, I mean, I think that could easily happen though, if you've never done anything like this before and you're experiencing it all for the first time, it could be like, whoa, there's this whole world out there where I can be calm and at peace. But yeah, the biggest thing is like helping people reduce overthinking. I'm, I'm a big believer that overthinking is the cause of most of our problems, or it is the problem. A lot of our problems aren't if we weren't overthinking and ruminating and ruminating, it wouldn't be as bad. So I think um, reducing overthinking as a primary reason to do it leads to reduce stress, leads to reduce depression and anxiety, um, allows you to find your inner happiness and your inner joy. And then from there, you can activate like what you actually want to do with your life. You can actually, you know, um, start to map out your, your life in a different way because your, your mind is just calm and focused. So that's my big goal for people. Um, I don't really use a lot use. I don't really specifically work with people on health issues, but lots of people do use breath work for things like um, a lot of skin issues, eczema, things like that. It's really powerful to get so much oxygen into your, your skin. Um, 
I mean, there's so many, there's so many like healing elements to it. People use it for digestive health. So like IBS and things like that, but I don't specifically like market in that way. I guess I'm not necessarily finding those people and offering that as a solution. For me, it's mostly anxiety, overthinking, stress, um, and people just to, to activate their inner joy. That's really what I'm trying to do. Mm. You know, I love joy. Um, okay. So we, the skin thing, that's really interesting to me. So you might not know the answer to this. I'm just pondering if it helps by getting more oxygen to the skin. Also is eczema, psoriasis, stuff like that. Is it essentially our emotions like pushing out onto our skin so we can see that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that is like really good. So I, so a lot of people that do teach breath work do feel that many, 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 many of our health issues are manifestations of stress and anxiety, depression, trauma, sadness, right. Being expressed. And I, I definitely think there's some truth to that. Um, I've seen that with myself, right. But not saying it's every time, um, with skin specifically, you know, it's interesting because there's all these things that breathwork can help with and there's like a range of things. Um, and it seems like, well, how, but if you think about it like this, like, so we don't really breathe using our full, like lung capacity. We typically use like only the top half of our diaphragm because in this culture specifically, we're, we're hunched over for one. And then we carry a lot of stress and anxiety like in our shoulders and like there's pressure in our chest. So we're not breathing properly. Um, I don't know if you ever noticed like if you're like reading a stressful email, so a lot of people like, well, they'll notice they're holding their breath. So we aren't- yeah, That has a name. It's called what email is- apnea. Oh my gosh. It's not like there's sleep apnea and there's email apnea. Yeah. That's sad, but very interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So we, we aren't breathing properly. So we're not getting the, you know, the proper oxygen. We're not, we're not doing all of that. So, um, going for, so breath work trains your body to breathe more properly even outside of sessions, it would almost be like if you're getting six hours of sleep a night and it's choppy and it's not great and you're in and out, and then you start getting eight hours of full sleep a night, you're going to notice your skin could improve, your depression could improve, like your your digestive systems, right? Like there's a lot of things that could improve because it's just working properly. So I think that's like kind of the basis of the health of, of just opening up your lungs and your respiratory system to do their thing the right way. I have learned so much recently about how we've been breathing wrong. So many of us breathe wrong. I learned, and I think I mentioned this on another episode where I was talking about breath, that um, ear infections are apparently the result of breathing wrong. I was an ear infection kid. I'm like, oh my goodness. If I had known that, because it's like basically the, the way we're breathing causes fluid to get stuck in the eustachian tube. And then once it gets stuck there, it gets infected. Huh. Like all of these things have been linked to breathing incorrectly. So how do we miss this? How are we going through our lives and getting to some people get to over a hundred years old without knowing how to breathe? How does this happen? I mean, we just don't live in a society that prioritizes health for one. Um, School, you have to learn parallelograms and honestly, dinosaurs, Shakespeare, great things to learn. Not more important than taking care of your health and, and 
connecting with your intuition and maybe like personal finance. I don't know. I just think our society is focused on teaching children things that they don't matter as much as this. I don't know. Well, yeah, it turns out learning how to breathe is actually something that we need to learn. Yeah. We so do. how so, do we breathe? Yes. How I are we mean, supposed to do it? We just need to breathe more fully. So, I mean, to, I'm not necessarily, I don't really know like how to teach how to breathe in your like day to day. What I do know is doing breath work kind of as like the powerful cleansing mechanism, it just starts to train your body. Like it's going to train your lungs to breathe more properly. And then the other thing is when you kind of start to do breathwork and meditation and you allow it to be a tool to stress less, to relax your shoulders, right? I, I used to just always notice I would be like this at my desk. No one else can see me. That was hunched. My shoulders were up by my ears. I, I would catch myself doing that. What am I doing? So things like that. But when you when you learn to let go and you let go of just carrying so much stress, you're going to naturally start to breathe better because you're not going to be literally blocking yourself in that way. Would you be willing to guide us through a little breathing exercise? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that would be amazing. Okay. So if anyone's on a treadmill or like chopping vegetables, don't do this right now. But okay. So yeah. So if you can just come into a seated position, you can, um, Sit with your legs crossed like you would for meditation. Your feet can be flat on the ground. Just bringing your shoulders um, down, relaxing them, but your back straight and close your eyes and just rest your hands on your lap. Just begin to take a few deep breaths. Just beginning to breathe through your nose into your belly and feel your belly expand. And pull that air up into your chest and then let it out through your mouth. Just slowly breathing in through the nose, filling up the belly, filling up the chest. Open your heart and let it out through your mouth. I'm just repeating that a few times. I'm just feeling yourself start to relax, feeling that you're letting go with each exhale, releasing. bringing yourself back to the room you can open up your eyes and just carry this with you such a simple exercise you can do right before bed if you have trouble sleeping you can do this when you're in leaving a stressful meeting with your boss like just even just a few times a day just connecting to your breath so 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 powerful that was amazing thank you that was like what 20 seconds and that was amazing yeah baby practice (laughs) um okay so you're talking about how we can do it like all day every day Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah and you can kind of do it 
without people noticing possibly. I mean, yeah. that's something you could do in your car with your eyes open. Eyes open. Please. With your eyes open, but just just even just noticing, what does it feel like to breathe? Kind of like you would do in a meditation, but with your eyes open and you could be, sometimes I meditate with my eyes open anyways, like in nature. I'll be like gazing at a tree or something and uh, the clouds, but I'm connecting to my breath and thereby letting go of thought. So it's just connecting you, grounding you. As you said, grounding, I realized there's something to breathing in deeply all the way in and breathing out all the way that I feel the rootedness into the center of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the juice is. (laughs) Well, some people say, you know, your breath is your spirit. I don't know. Could be. But there's something about connecting to your breath. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for that. Yeah. So, Leah, what is it, whether it's about breath work or something completely different, if you could shout it from the rooftops and everyone could hear you, or if you had a billboard that everyone could read, what would it say? Oh, that is such a good question. Oh, so basically, if I had one message to share with the world, um, hmm, maybe I would say take three deep breaths. Hmm. Maybe I would say just what if you build a habit of taking three deep breaths? This is too long for Bilbo, but if you focusing on your breath just a few times a day, because for some people, joining a breathwork class, doing a 20 minute meditation, doing whatever from YouTube, doing, doing anything like that is, it can be very intimidating. It can also be something we put off like crazy, like we've resisted. Um, so something that I often like guide clients to, it's just, what if you just a few times a day, just noticed your breath and took some breaths and it slows you down. It slows you down. It slows down your overthinking it allows you to become calm. And like most of us, you know, people that aren't in this world specifically of, of mindfulness and, and all of this, maybe have never experienced that, right? Of that, like, just that calmness that comes. So if I could get everyone in the world to do that, that'd be pretty awesome. And what I'm thinking, which feels like a huge duh, um, that I've never made this connection or done this before. But for those of us with open ajnas in our human design, which would be me, we get thought spirals. We don't have that mental clarity of someone with a defined ajna who just knows things. For us, you know, someone else's belief can go in and just spiral. And it can be really hard to get out of that spiral. And I know that dropping into my body is one way to get out of that spiral. And it feels like dropping into the breath and taking three deep breaths and like those breaths that you just guided us through might be the perfect way to get out of one of those spirals. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know specifically with my chart if I have that part, um, but I definitely get negative thought spirals. Definitely. I feel like, yeah, that's, I think it would be such a clearing to like add in the like where you're breathing out through your mouth, like, ah, it's like such a release, 
it's like you're letting go. It's almost like if you could scream, which I also, you could also do. If you're feeling angry, you could scream into a pillow. Like the whole idea is like release emotion, like release it. Cause other, like everything's just shoved so deep within us. What if we just started letting the emotions come out and feel them? Yeah. I think of everything being like packed in one of those vacuum seal bags where you just keep shoving in more and more and more and more. And then you tighten the straps and it, it's all in there. Yeah. It's I don't want to be like that. I don't want to no. be packed in there. And that is how you feel. How I felt before was like tight. My chest was tight and I was like, my shoulders were tight and all kinds of stuff was in there. Yeah. Let's let it out. Let it be free. <laughs> so how can people work with you? You said you have a breathwork class and you've got this retreat coming up. Where can people learn about all the ways to work with you and your podcast? Yeah. So my podcast is Bare Naked Soul. Um, my Instagram is it's Leah Party. And then my website's leahparty.com. That's pretty much it. Um, I do have a, a, a seven day free trial of my breathwork membership for people to test it out and just get a sampling. So yeah. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for teaching us and for sharing a little bit of breathwork with us. Yeah, this was so fun, Kelsey. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you want to learn more about me, you can go to KelseyAbbott.com. And if you want to know about what I'm offering, the best place to get that information is through my email list. And you can subscribe to my email list at KelseyAbbott.com. There's a new tab there. It's under free shit. So go to free shit and there you'll find love notes. And that's where you can sign up for the newsletter. Also, if you don't already have your human design chart, go to my website, check the show notes for the link to get your free chart. And you'll actually, not only will you sign up for my email list, but you will also receive a personal email from me with your human design chart and a little tidbit about the gold that lives in your chart. I... I've got things up my sleeve. I call them secret projects. So the core with Kelsey was one secret project that I'm working on and there are more coming and they're coming really soon. And I'm really excited about them. So I'm going to keep them secret for right now, which as a four, six is really hard because I want to tell my people right away when I get a brilliant idea, but I'm going to hold on to it for now, but stay tuned and come join that email list. So, you know, when the things are available. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I love you. Have a wonderful day. Have an amazing day. May it be filled with magic and miracles and baby bunnies. I love you. Go forth and be awesome.